1: how many fans start showing up so visit score north.com now and enter keyword partner all right this is going to be great fun zolgad and a new podcast yes another podcast <laughs> with my buddy chip scoggins hello chip scoggins of the star tribune how are you today? hello judd it's a reunion
0: it is so that's the question what should this be called Access uh, Chip and Judd? Yeah. I don't what do know you think? We, I don't know if we can infringe on the Access Vikings. That, <laughs> well, we can't use the Vikings thing for that sure. That might get me in trouble with my employer. Yeah, so uh, and, and the Vikings themselves. And the Vikings themselves. Yes. Um, I don't know. We should leave it up to the uh, listeners maybe, right? We need a name, though. I think the
1: Access can be used. Yeah, it just can't be the uh, team names, you know. Yeah, that's and true. access like purple doesn't make nah. it, and it's not going to be football all the time. We're, we're going to talk a lot of football, obviously, yeah. during the season, but this is a pretty dead time right now. So, yes, if you have thoughts, uh, you, you can certainly uh, uh, tweet them at us. I'm at Jay Zolged. You're at what?
0: Uh, Chip Scoggins. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Well, very very simple. I think so. <laughs> I know my
1: Twitter. I was going to say, do you know? Do you know your own Twitter? <laughs> Let's hope that's what it oh, is. Oh, J- Jonathan Harrison, who's producing, has a great suggestion. Conduits of Trouble, <laughs> which is a term <laughs> I like that. The Conduits of Trouble podcast because I was – what was I explaining? I was explaining on Mackie and Jed with Rami a few weeks ago about what we did. Oh, I was telling the uh, TJ Zada story yeah. where you followed him down 394 and I live blogged it because there was no Twitter at the time. And they were asking, you know, what's that all about? Like, what was your what? And I said, (laughs) we were conduits of trouble because we were always always looking for trouble and then trying to report on said trouble. And God knows the Vikings had enough trouble. Thank you,
0: Jonathan. So, Jonathan, this is how it was. So the Vikings, you know, when you come out of their when they're at Winter Park, they come out of the, the the little driveway there. You can go right or you can go left. We weren't sure. So I stationed my car to the right. Jud station is to the left. We had no matter which way they went, we had them right. And so they, so they, came my way. I called Judd. Judd runs back inside to the press room, and he's he's on the phone. I'm on the phone with. I had my hat pulled down, like like the trench coat collar. Yeah, like, like they might spot you and have you arrested. So I'm telling T.J. Ushmanzada. Yes. Was it like on the free agency level, what? I mean, we well, they, we thought this was the greatest thing ever, of course. But they, they um, wanted him bad. Yeah, but who were the wide receivers at that point? That there Well, they, what year was that going in? Was that going before two thousand nine?
1: I always right? had Was that year. 08? That might have been. So was that before or after the Jared Allen trade? Do you recall? After. Okay, after. so that was that offseason.
0: Yeah, definitely after,
1: because they wanted him bad, and and if you recall, the story was that that we found out in retrospect was. Jim Moore Jr., who was coaching the Seahawks at the time, had given him some type of ring. Yeah. So T J went to Seattle with his wife first, and then came here, and as he got on the plane to come here, Mora gave him the, like like this nice ring or something and said You'll be back. Bring it back, <laughs> and and but yeah. My favorite thing was you playing Jim Rockford going down three ninety four, <laughs> weaving in and out of traffic, telling me. And the funniest thing is pre Twitter, oh, like yeah. I'm blogging it and hitting publish, blogging yeah, yeah. it and hitting publish. <laughs> they're headed. They are. They're now at a stoplight. Now well, they're on the
0: freeway. And, and Judd, uh I think judge one of the blogs was. We can't tell you where for security reasons, where they're taking, which hotel, but we pulled it. Oh, because it was the Hilton. It was the Hilton, yeah, yes. of course. I, I think that's their, their team hotel, or was at the time, and so, uh, oh, boy. You look back at that, what were we doing? Oh, it was great coverage. <laughs> no, awesome. people loved People it. loved
1: it. I know, people were like, yeah. Two me. years <laughs> after, they're like, yeah, I remember the Hushmanzada thing, and Chip was driving. <laughs> I was like, Yes uh so let's see here tj husman's uh, okay no that was so that was 2000 that was the 2008 offseason going into 2009 because he had been a Bengal. so this was he was 31 at the time going on 32 in, so
0: were we talking Favre at that point too? Uh,
1: this, this is around the time the farb stuff was probably percolating and then dying and then percolating and yeah. dying uh but in 2009 husman's he played one year in seattle he played all 16 games 79 catches, 911 yards, three targets – or three oh. touchdowns, I'm sorry. And by the next year was in Baltimore and played one more year after that with Oakland, nine games, and that was his career. So that's what the Vikings – but that's how desperate they yeah. were at that time. And they would have signed him to a big contract, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, he would have gotten a lot here.
0: So who were the the Vikings? Uh, and was still Barry here, was here, was here yeah. Uh Yeah. Was Sidney
1: still? So, Sydney oh, you know what? Sidney hadn't developed because 2009 was his coming out party, right? Mm-hmm. So Sydney was Sydney was considered to be sort of a bust at that time. I think.
0: So I think. But it was, what would T.J. Houston have done with Favre as his quarterback?
1: Well, he. Well, I'm sure he had great regrets. My guess is, yeah. when Favre did finally come here, and the guy was up with a chicken <laughs> costume outside Winter Park, and all those fans were just standing there. My yeah. guess is T.J. was in Seattle saying, "Damn, I made I a
0: mistake." I know. Gosh. Anyway, Conduits of Trouble. I like that. Jonathan Harrison
1: might have to be the name of this podcast. It's fantastic. Um, All right. Would you like to start with the Timberwolves? I know you were at the Gerson Rosas press conference. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Sid was not there, despite the fact that (laughs) Gerson said it was so nice to have Sid there. Royce, you told me he looked at the poor head of security guy. I think he was Bob Getters. Okay, <laughs> Bob Getters. Bob Getters looks like he's 10 years older than me, maybe. Yeah. I mean, this. Po- he, I'd be crestfallen.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he just looked, scanned the crowd and, and looked at somebody the, with white hair. He's got or, the nice yeah, white yeah, hair, yeah. but that does not make you old. Yeah, I don't know who he was. I think it was Getters, but... Um, yeah, it was. Not, I mean, I'm a good guy. I I he, oh, no. And Bob's a great guy. Exactly. Uh, so I so sure feel he bad for him. He probably
1: got a kick out of it. No, uh, no, no no, <laughs> no, no. No, Sid's in his 90s. I would not <laughs> have gotten a kick
0: from that. You don't look a day over 98, Bob.
1: Oh, so anyway, your uh, impressions yeah. of this hire.
0: Um, I'm at the point where it's like, try something radical, right? <laughs> because nothing has worked to this point. Uh, I, th- I was a fan of the Tibbs hire when they made it. So was I. I, I thought this I, is why I've yes. Y- that's, I'm with you. So I mean, now I wasn't crazy. I don't think at the time of, of having both jobs because we've seen in other sports the, the problems that creates. But is if you had to do that to get Tom Thibodeau, then I figured it was it was worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly yes. I think we all felt that. Yeah, way. and so I, I do like the fact that this guy comes from a organization that is creative and does things I don't know if unorthodox is the right way, but they they use analytics, the the style of play with the three pointers. I don't think we're gonna see that many threes, but I mean the NBA game he kept it's interesting that Rojas used the, the term modern basketball about ten times in, in his uh yes. in his talk with us. And it was clear yes like what the Timberwolves were playing on the is not modern basketball. They don't shoot the three a lot. They don't play – they're one of the worst uh, defensive teams, pace. And so it's the thing that's going to be interesting to me is he clearly wants to play more up-tempo, mm-hmm. pace and space, spread teams out, shoot threes. But outside of towns, who's your shooters on this roster? Own. And Towns is a he's a what a forty percent three point shooter and he, you know that's right. a, that's a big part of his game I assume we'll see more of it but are you going to make Andrew Wiggins a three point shooter um, Cunningham tells me that if you look at it specifically
1: Andrew if he's put in a role where he shoots corner threes has a fighting chance but beyond that it's you can't so, do so
0: yeah so I think he's got a lot of work to overhaul this roster my guess is with where their their point guard situation is you have to take a point guard with your first pick in in this. Uh, draft. Yep. And then, you know, if, if you get the Carolina point guard, that'd be nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to see what kind of change. I mean, try anything. He said we're going to be creative. We're not, you know, we got to question the norm. He said all the right things. Um, but it still comes down to, you know, how can you reconfigure the roster?
1: Is Ryan the coach for sure, I do you think? think? I, I mean, that's, I would, that's my yeah, assumption, but. I'd be
0: surprised if he's not because, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, <clears throat> We know he has a great relationship with the players, uh, specifically Towns. And the biggest fear with Towns is you invest all this time, and then two years down the road he pulls an Anthony Davis is like, I am out of here. I, I want no part of this. Well, you, can't, you need a coach that he connects with, yeah. and you need to uh, have his trust. And so that's one thing. The other thing is you're still paying Tibbs a lot of money. Are you going to w- want to go out and pay another coach five million dollars a year and Laden as well? And correct, Layden correct, him. and so you could possibly p-
1: <laughs> and Laden's probably going to end up, my guess, as scouting something like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, I, I don't know if they keep him or or move. Him but anyway, yes, but yes. But to your money point, but I, th- I yeah. So I think I think Ryan will be the coach. Um, maybe is it a two year deal or you know option for a third or something like that? So you're not tied in long term just to see if he really can be you know a, a, a NBA head coach long term. So. Um, so I assume we'll probably hear that next week, right? I mean, at some point you got to yeah, make a call. Yeah, and if,
1: if it's going to be the guy. And it, it was – my theory was Rosas, when asked about Ryan on uh, Monday, didn't answer the question specifically because he's, he doesn't want it to look like this was forced Freaking, on him. Correct. But it feels like it probably is. But I And I don't even know with, with what you're talking about too and finding the right personnel and finding – basically changing things again, I don't – even though that going with Ryan short term is a mistake, now I would like to see him told hire your guy. Yeah, just because I'd like that empowerment. Uh, but this is going to be again, unfortunately for this franchise, this is going to take some time.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think without doubt, and everybody, everybody uh, within the organization said, no, it's, it's Gerhaus. He can, uh, uh, he can do. He can hire whoever he wants. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Hire fire whatever. Yep. Um, but. I think there's understanding is it like it'd be nice if Ryan Saunders was it here. It feels Molitor
1: like with of. and Levine yeah. to a certain point too where where he probably can fire a lot of people Correct. and and per- perhaps should yeah. not because they're bad people but yeah. because change has to happen. But that, you know, Glenn, I mean, you go back to Glenn's relationship with the Saunders family and it's not, you know, it it's not like Ryan stepped into an easy situation. No. So I can see the defense of him. I just, I default to I would like my president of basketball ops to hire whoever he wants.
0: Yeah. It, the, the bigger thing to me is I mean, your coach matters, and and but just with his vision of style of play, and if they are going to play that, you know, semi Rockets uh, style, I mean, you've got to fix this roster. I mean, what are you going to do, a point guard? But how long is this going Well, it's going to be, yeah, multiple years. 22 puts you in a
1: terrible predicament. Yeah. Because a- Andrew, at his best, they're going to pick a good role that, that he could possibly succeed at, but he's never going He's never going to live up to that contract. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. And it's,
0: it's interesting. I mean, just based on the 5 minutes answer, a couple questions you got asked about Andrew, and it's not like a guy's going to tell you first off, yeah, I'm trading this guy first right. day, but it seemed like he was – Inclined, at least from his answers, to try to see if they can unlock something with him, which everybody has tried. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but they probably know you try to trade him. One, I, I can't imagine there's going to be too many suitors no. with that contract. And so your best bet is to try to no, see if a different style or different voice or different philosophy can can get you know. I think you've to got, maximize his potential.
1: I think you have to find, and we've seen this more and more in sports now, and this is tough, but you've got to put the contract aside and say we're stuck here. So what can we do to give him a role that actually works? Yeah. Like if the expectation is, well, you're making all this, all this, you know, max money. Go do that. He's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. He can't do. He's incapable. So, so this comes back to, and the Twins have gone down this path. I, I think now they're not paying guys as much, obviously. Yeah. But you know, the baseball thing now is, what can you do well? Let's maximize that.
0: The problem is with with Wiggins is. How do you change a guy's personality and makeup? Oh it's, it, no, it's not like you say. Well, let's I develop know. your. Let's no. develop a, a oh, turnaround, a, or yeah. let's develop a corner three. Or it's not like that. It's like he, he just disappears, and the, you know his light comes on and off. And so I don't know how you fix that.
1: Yeah, he loses interest literally. Yes, and that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, it is nice to see though, Chipper, um, the the two main tenants in sports on that side of downtown now be up to date yeah. or or at least be taking steps. Mm-hmm. Because, you know what, the Twins, it's working, mm-hmm. and I give them credit, but the Wolves, too. And, and this is the one thing, and I, I'm with you, in April 2016, when Tibbs got that job, I thought this is going to be great. The resume in Chicago is fantastic. And, you know, the one thing I never thought, thought about, really, at that time was, except he plays sort of an archaic style of basketball. Yeah, It is nice that these two teams now are, when, when you go to games, you're going to see an attempt at the modern game from both teams, as opposed to man, this is 1985, and yeah. ain't, ain't this fun?
0: Well, the thing, um, and I, it'll be interesting because behind the scenes, Fabian Levine beefed up their analytics department, and all these different things that you know the, us and the fans don't see day to day, and you're like, really, what can, you know, what is that doing? But I, I and I, sometimes when people talk about analytics, I I don't roll my eyes, but I'm like, does it really make that much difference? But then you see Martine Perez. Mm-hmm and how they convinced him and I think his agent did too but the team said if you throw that cut fastball you know you you could be effective and now he he never threw it in his career and and he's throwing like 35 I looked at it yesterday like 35% of the time now and he's not throwing a slider and he's off to this incredible start now i'm sure he'll come back to earth but it's like there's an instance where analytics worked right They're anal, analytics people yes, said yes. throw this pitch and and it's a little bit of a leap of faith for a guy. What's he? Is this his ninth year, or eighth year in Major League Baseball? Something Probably, like that. Yeah. Who, you know, took that leap of faith and said, alright I'm going to add this pitch, and not only add it, I'm going to throw it a third of, more than a third of the time." So I'm I'm curious to see how the Wolves do that now, because he's going to bring some of that analytic um, background from the Rockets and implement it with, who's,
1: who's your best guess about what player will benefit the most from that? Current for for the Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, Mm -hmm. on the roster right now, who's been good, possibly. But when you get to them and you show them, um, you know, charts or whatever and say, if you do this, you're going to be a much improved player or more effective player. Who do you think that is?
0: Maybe Towns. As good as he is right now. Maybe if they say if you take seven more threes a game or something like that or, or, you know, some part of your game that you can expound on. I, I think, you know. As great as he is right now, the way he finished, maybe they they unlock something that you know adds even more to his game. Could be uh, Joshua Kogi, maybe I don't know. You know what?
1: That's an interesting one because he would want. It would have to be somebody on the face who embraces it. Yeah, but I think both those guys would. Yeah, like I think if if you went to them with hardcore evidence of this is going to to help you, I think both those guys would embrace it. See, and back back to your point, I think that's the problem with Wiggins is. He might embrace it for two weeks, but yeah. you don't know after two weeks if he's like, oh, I'm just going to take a long two, you
0: know. Yeah. And then you got trouble. I mean, like a guy like Gorgie, could they bring something out of him? Um, because he's sort of that mid range. He shoots it pretty well. The mid range, would they say, hey, can you expand your, your game and hit that, that corner three? I mean, is he a guy that there's something that they can unlock in his game? Um, I do
1: think you're right about Towns, though. Yeah. I think there's more. He's. A very good player, right? Right now, mm-hmm. I, I'd say he's a star right now. But I do think that there is a step to be taken there, and I think most importantly, he wants to take oh, it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know with the um, way things were currently run if they could. I think he would have probably taken it because he's a smart guy and he, he could have figured it out himself. But I don't know if he would have taken or I don't. I think now he could take that step quicker because of these guys. Yeah.
0: If you look at it, we looked at the for the Rockets this this season, basically I think it was eighty percent, seventy eight percent. Of their shots were either at the rim or three-pointers. Yeah, the, I saw the at stat. At the rim is zero to three. Yeah. And the Wolves are at 60%. I mean, that's a big gap. You're talking 20% of your shots. And so – and look at how many mid-range that Goree or Wiggins takes. Um, so I, I think those guys – I mean, like, you look at, like, you know, Jeff T Te- he opted back in. I mean, are you really going to change his game? He's he's a veteran who's been – I don't see him really – I think got try to move him. I think you, my can. guess is they would try to move him, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I can't – I mean, he's obviously not going to be in their long-term future what they want to do. And so that's why I think he addressed – he said they have some questions at point guard. I would draft a point guard and try to move Teague personally if I was him.
1: The Twins, you started doing columns in – Eleven. Eleven, right? Yeah. How how nice is this? One, just to see them – and this looks like – this appears to be sustainably good. You know there have been pop ups since then, but you've never said okay they, they've arrived for sure. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I know we're technically not like fans, but it gets dep- it gets hard. It's yeah. not depressing. It gets hard after a while, right? When the wolves don't make the playoffs and the wild do, and they get bounced, and then they don't make the yeah. playoffs, and the Vikings pop up at thirteen and three, which was great, fun to watch and cover, but then go back to eight, seven, and one. This the great thing about the Twins is this actually looks like, and this town deserves it. Mm-hmm. From one of those four teams, this looks like it could be sustainably fun, and this could be a good franchise.
0: Well, think about how long summers get when the baseball team is terrible. And from our perspective, having to go in there when the team is just playing awful, nothing. You know, the ballpark's dead. You're going into clubhouse. I mean. What, what are you going to write? Right, uh, and nobody cares. Talk about how bad you are again. Yeah, you know, let's, let's keep. And nobody gives a damn. No, and so yeah, I mean, it, there's an the excitement because all you know, you have all these different uh, guys, new faces. They're all performing well. You're seeing Boxton come around. You're seeing Barrios take the next step as being an ace. Perez is a, a remarkable story. Um, Odorizzi has found something after last year. Consistency. Yeah. Absolutely uh, has. The, the home runs this team hits, the lineup. I mean, there's a lot of good stories going on with this team right now. And so it'll be interesting to see now that the weather – and I'm, I'm not one of these guys that, ah, fans, I can't believe you're not supporting this team. Well, when, you, when you're that bad for that long, it's not like a snap of the finger team. People are just going to come rushing back to the ballpark. So it's a gradual thing. It takes time. That I think you know people need to see more. And then also with the weather being so bad. Yeah. It's like when it's forty-two degrees that you really want to go out there and watch a baseball game. That's it takes going a last year. Four hours. It plus. takes a year too. Yeah, like you don't see you
1: if the Twins continue to be in first place and successful and make the playoffs, the stadium will get full for sure. I get that. But like the sustainable attendance, yeah. does not come till mm-hmm. next year if they if they make the playoffs and actually make some type of run, so people are convinced and buy in in two thousand twenty.
0: And I give Dave, Dave St. Peter and them credit too for having putting the five dollar tickets on sale. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people say, "Well, we're just going to keep the tickets what they are." You well, might want to. Why don't yeah? You might want to
1: send your friend Mark Coyle yeah. a note that that might be a good for sure. idea for like go for hockey and football the five dollar ticket for
0: sure. This is what we but we've been talking about this for how long? I know, and it's. It, yeah, you probably have to swallow hard because you're basically just giving tickets away, but create a vibe, create an atmosphere. If, if it's going to be empty, you might as well, you know, put somebody in there, might buy a hot dog and a beer Absolutely. And, and create an atmosphere versus just seeing a bunch of empty seats. And so I give them credit and, and – Heck, it worked. What did they sell? Thirty-two thousand of them for one month. Well, they had, yeah, flash sales. They they had one that was
1: what like something Tuesday into Wednesday. They those went quick. And those were twenty-four
0: hours. It's twenty thousand.
1: And those were seats, I believe. Yes. And so they came back and did another flash sale at five dollars, which gets you in the ballpark. Yeah. And you can it's a a standing room ticket. Yeah. But who cares? Well, that's that ballpark's great to walk around. But then to your point, okay, let's say you go in and five for five bucks, and you buy a couple of beers, Mm -hmm. and you buy a hot dog, and perhaps you buy a jersey or something.
0: So, yeah. But it's the atmosphere as much as that. I mean, you're going to make money off that, but it's to me it's – there's just something – creating an atmosphere because then it's – you create a buzz and then maybe more people, you know, you see it on t- – I mean, when you see that stadium and there's 10,000 people in there, yep. it is depressing. You know? Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, it, it, I mean, I, I wonder if more teams will kind of – in the market will follow that that model. Well, there's this whole thing of, well, if we do that though, that, season then season the numbers, customer who's yeah. but but I I'm with you on this. But you're this. not sitting next to the guy who's paying the expensive No, you're seat. not. Yeah.
1: And and I went to an, an, enough games, I went to like three games at TCF Bank Stadium as as a fan in the seats last year, and I tell, I tell you Chip, when you look in that upper deck and mm-hmm. no one's there, what do you have to lose? Okay? It's a $5 ticket. I mean, Yes, you're right. If you had a, here's a $5 promotion on the 50-yard line.
0: In the ca- Legends Club. Come, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Come keep warm and only pay $5. Yeah. That's creating problems. But, you know, on a cold day at uh, TCF Bank Stadium, if it's Purdue and the Gophers and that upper Open deck up. is empty, yeah. charge 5 bucks, yeah. Let people in.
0: Let, you know what? That,
1: that gives you a fighting chance for dad to bring mom and the kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, okay. that's, yeah. And, that's, and teams, and rightfully so, they always want to protect their season ticket holders because... Nothing makes those season ticket holder mad than a guy plopping down next to him. And say, yeah, I bought this off the street for fifteen bucks. Well, right. Then maybe I should do that. You know, right. So you always want to you know protect the people that are are buying season tickets at a premium price. But you're right. If you're giving them, you know, upper deck or home run porch or standing room only. I I don't think season ticket holders are going to be mad about that. So
1: this feels like the first uh, chance for a Minnesota sports team to be really uh, fun and, yeah. and that we would gravitate towards probably since the 2000 what would have been 17 Vikings. Mm-hmm. But the Vikings have popped up before. It's yeah. been it's been like when's the last time that you were really sold on the Wolves and by the way I I know a year ago they made the playoffs but I was not yeah. super sold. The Wild I ran out of steam there a few years
0: back. Maybe the first, maybe when Parisi and Suter got here, the first year, the, that probably would have been a lot. Yeah, yeah probably. And then they made the playoffs. Thought, a couple. Like, All right, yeah, they made. They went to the second round. And I think, yeah, first year or second year, second, second year. year. Yeah.
1: I, and yes, but beyond that, since then, no for the Wild, and uh, the Twins had what in Mahler's first year, they popped up and made a little bit of a run. Didn't make the playoffs. The wild card thing was fun, yeah, but you never said that's sustainable. You, you
0: know, it's funny too because remember last year. When they got rid of Escobar and Dozier, two of their best personalities, and you're thinking, man, this team has no personality now. You got rid of fan favorites. And now you look at it, I mean, this team is. They get, they're get they a fun team to watch. Rosario might be my favorite guy on the team to watch because he's so oh. aggressive and unpredictable. Yep. Uh, but Polanco is fun to watch. Buxton, obviously, um, in the outfield end when he's hitting now. Um, pitching, I think Barrios is fun to watch when he's pitching. And so there's, you know. It, it's a and the way they're hitting home runs and the way they kind of early in the year, remember there there are a couple games where they came roaring back and won games that you thought they were out of. And you thought this team has a little bit of. Grit they've come to back them. a yeah, lot, really, they get, they too. Have a little bit of grit to them, you know that they absolutely. And so I think they're a fun team. I really do. And uh, I maybe they come back to you know a little bit. Maybe they're playing a little bit above, but you know the pitching staff. Maybe maybe this West Johnson and analytics. I'd like the some, other thing is i like at, some pitching help. I, yeah, eventually. But but the thing I don't understand is like if you look at because I looked at uh, it was a Fangraphs or whatever. Where you look at their look at you. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm what's happening? I'm all. To you? Yeah, I'm just. All in. You. I'm, 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 I'm leaving all, this yeah. podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm finding a
0: new trouble for my right, conduit. That's right. <laughs> uh, um but they're throwing like he uh, Perez is throwing harder. Yep. Odorizzi is throwing harder. So what in the world did they? I mean, how do you increase velocity on a guy from one year to? That's the next? what they.
1: That's supposedly why why Wes Johnson was hired, right? Yeah. The whole thing was he gets guys to throw harder consistently, and I don't know how, but yeah, they definitely did. Um, yeah, I would like to see them if this is going to be sustained, which I think it will be. I'd like to see them in July at some point go get a starting You'll pitcher to. to slot in behind Barrios. Yeah. Because, but but what here, would you
0: have to give up for that?
1: Uh, we, we talked about this on uh, Mackie and Jed with Rami yesterday. Wetmore thinks you could give up a couple of good prospects. Uh, Kirilov, mm-hmm. off. You, he would not be traded. Royce Lewis, no. And after that, yeah, everybody else start good. talking yeah. to three, which I think is Bruised Art Gratterall would be the first guy that you would talk about.
0: Well, I mean, what, what did uh, but, Falvey, and Levine, uh, Falvey and Levine said? Or what We want to kind of see what this team is before we – Correct. And so if you get to that point and they're still one of the best teams in baseball, man, the pressure – from fans will be, hey, now you have to make a move to supplement. This is no longer. I think they're smart enough to go down that path, though,
1: right? Yeah, I, would, because I would hope so. The thing I like about this team to me, too, is is that it was, I think the Twins in a couple of years are going to be very good, mm-hmm. and that's going to be Buxton, Sano, maybe, don't know. Yeah. Barrios for sure, assuming no arm problems. Yeah. And Kepler, guys like Blanco. Kepler, Rosario, Lewis, Kirilov. Um, but the thing I really like about this team is this team was built on a definite track of, okay, it could be good, and if it's not, we can trade guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Nelson Cruz, C.J. Crone, Jonathan Scope. But it's been fun. It's been good. Yeah. And so to, to circle back to what you're saying, Chipper, I do think now that they could say, if they're still in first place in July, and I think Cleveland's basically toast, yeah. that they could say, okay. What could we? What would we be willing to trade from our system to go get a pitcher probably with a short-term amount of time left on his contract mm-hmm.
0: to plug in right now? Yeah. And I think they'd do it. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I think they'll be aggressive. And I just think because of the narrative about the Twins, there'll be such pressure for them to do it. Like, hey, people have waited for this for how many years? Go for it. You know? Absolutely go for it. And so I th- I think they would. And it'll be a fun summer. I mean, it really will. Um, if they can continue to play like this, and it'll make going to the ballpark enjoyable. Versus, oh yeah, what's well, a death march? It is. It's
1: when a team stinks, it's not fun. But you know, in football, there's 16 games, and so if they stink, you go to the stadium. You know, yeah, on a Sunday, and it's not fun. But but baseball is an everyday. They're playing again, and I got to watch this.
0: How much? Uh, this is the one thing you, I always struggle with with football. And oh, basketball, you can. How much uh, credit does Rocco get in this?
1: I think he gets a lot of credit for being um, a part of a system that works in baseball now if done correctly. Like, I think we need to put everything that we grew up with, you know, me, me, the twins, you, the Braves, all of the ideas, managers in charge. You know, the the GM gets gets the groceries and the manager decides how the, the meal is cooked. I think we all need to understand that's a thing of the past for the most part. And so I think Rocco's done. I think what we're seeing is why Paul was fired, and it wasn't that Paul was bad, but these guys from the day that they walked in that door in 2016, I think had a definite idea in mind of what they they wanted the manager's job to be, mm-hmm. and we're seeing it from Rocco, and it's a different world, man. Baseball people now they don't want to tell you the time of day. It's become yeah. more football like. If yeah. you if you ask Rocco a question, he's thoughtful. But he's going to give you an answer that's probably 5% of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I give him credit, but I don't give him credit like like you might have with Bobby Cox or yeah, I might yeah. have with Tom
0: Kelly. Yeah, it, it's totally different. It's more – I know this is kind of the New Age buzzword, but it is more collaboration between Absolutely. analytics and front office and setting lineups daily and, and using numbers to determine. And I, you know, I do think Malder grasped it. I think he was willing to – to go along, but I think more than anything, they just wanted their guy. They had a vision yep. of what they wanted, and yep. Paul probably didn't fit. I don't think it was anything like button heads. No, nope. I'm like I totally think he, with you. Um, and Paul's but, a very smart baseball guy. Yeah. But... But he's not a young baseball guy. Yeah, but they clearly wanted a vision of Rocco and and a guy who that, you know, they I, had him in mind, I think, when they were... I think they wanted
1: somebody who thinks like they do, mm-hmm. and Paul... You know, Paul's an old school baseball guy, and he's a brilliant baseball guy. But I think with Paul, they had to go down and probably explain their philosophies. Mm-hmm. And Rocco says, "Oh no, I know that." And so, so I think they all go go through. You know, basically, they meet a lot. But I think they're all on the same page constantly. And the other thing too about baseball that's become intriguing to me is how the information is given to players. Yeah, because if you're, if they hired me today and said, "Judd, go explain to um, Blake Parker what Blake." should do. And here's what you need to explain. I'm still gonna go in like the with the charts and graphs yeah. and stuff. These guys know how how to explain things to make it as simple as possible. And we know for a fact when it comes to the majority of pro athletes if you go to them with 18 things, they're, they're like, I can't yeah, focus. Yeah. But if you go to them and say, these are the two most important things, and if you d- do this, you're going to get more money and be successful, bingo, yeah. it works. And is that, it that's, can work. that's
0: Derek Shelton on a day-to-day basis, right, to kind of yeah, disseminate
1: th- in that information. I think so, yes. But the, they explain it in a way that doesn't seem like they can it's analytics again. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, and it's that's part of the whole process of embracing it. Right, 'cause the player if a player's not on board with it, it's But don't not... you
1: think it's it, it goes beyond that? It's understanding it too? Probably. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, sure. 'Cause yeah. like if
0: somebody came to you and
1: it... and knew all about new age journalism computer generated, eventually you're gonna be like, Yeah, I don't understand that. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if a twenty two year old's gonna be like, Oh yeah, of course.
0: Especially in baseball where these guys have you know, I always wonder like the role of a hitting coach. Well, like when it's Joe Mao or someone who's had this swing forever and, and they know what they want their swing to feel like or a pitcher who, hey, you, we need to tweak your delivery. Well, I've always thrown this way, you right. know, to, to buy into the analytics part or spin or, you know, if you throw this pitch. Um, so I, I think there's definite buy-in, and it obviously helps when you're winning and you're getting results. And it's like, hey, this stuff's great. You sure. Know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so we, on the show a couple of days ago, we, we did
1: our, for lack of a better term, confidence rankings among yep. the four teams or where where those teams stack up. In terms of,
0: like, how my confidence...
1: Right now and and going forward. so So your confidence currently in the uh, Wild Wolves, Twins, and Vikings, and and your confidence in them that they're going to continue on on the right path. Mackie and Rami went uh, Twins 1, which is not surprising. They went um, Wolves 2, both of them, Vikings 3, and Wild 4. I went... Twins, Vikings, Wolves, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I like what they did, but I also like Tibbs. So, um, and then we, we all agreed, though, Wild 4. Yeah,
0: I would go uh, Vikings 1, Twins 2, Wolves 3, Wild 4. Okay. Uh, Vikings just because I do think there's um, really good uh, alignment, symmetry, whatever you want, between Spielman, uh, Zimmer, and uh, their scouting and kind of what they're looking for in players. Um, I think the, I, th- I like the coaching staff. I think they got a really good roster. Now they're two years from now, they may have to let some of these guys go to to when these contracts become too much and you're adding more pieces. It's close to being the case now. It's close, um, but I have confidence. So you know, Rob one of the best cap guys you're probably going to find in the league. So I, I think they have a good. Uh, you know the ownership that's going to spend money on whatever they need. They're going to always spend to the cap. You know, they're going to give them whatever advantages they need with facilities yeah. or, or what have you. And so I, I would put them one twins. I do. Um, last year I wasn't so sure. You know, <laughs> when they were voting guys. Well, and it's like, wait and see. It, it is wait and see. That's fair. And but it, I mean the moves they made this off season, this past off season, uh-huh. they look good. They look smart and. Um, you know, I think the analytics is starting to show up now in some of the things they're doing. Like I mentioned the pres earlier. That's that's a that's a true example you can see right there. A yes. guy adds a pitch, and now all of a sudden he's pitching really well. And, that, and that's the
1: difference from. A year ago March when, when they had signed Animal Sanchez and we all said typical cheap SOBs. Yeah. Yeah. And then they signed Lance Lynn and Jettison Sanchez. And Sanchez went to your old club, yeah. the Braves, and it was great. But like it was with Perez that they're like bleep this. Yeah.
0: We're doing it this time and keeping them. Correct. And it's yeah. worked out really well. Yeah. Uh Wolves, it's still wait and see. Um but I, I do like I do like uh uh trying something different. You know, not not just being playing it safe. I don't think they played it safe with this with this hire, because you're you're bringing in somebody who could really do things totally different, radically different. Yeah, style could, of play. And could fire pe- people it, that it, you it, like a lot. Correct. Absolutely. And so I, I think they're. Yep. You know, I think they're really trying something totally different. Um, in the wild, I just don't. I think with their roster, I think they're sort of stuck. It feels like a rebuild to me. I. And There's that's a a, rebuild oh, with with veteran pieces. That that's going to say that's a, really, a weird. It's a weird spot. That's
1: up. a really interesting word because I, I've used the same word, and then of course the wild people are like, it's not a rebuild. But the weird thing about it and how I don't know how to interpret this is, I think you're right, but it's a rebuild in the midst of two 13 year, 98 million dollar contracts. What do you do? And the cap, you know, they're going to have more room. Yeah, Fenton can make some moves, but nonetheless, you've got well, these two absolute.
0: Unfortunately, anchor contracts. Yeah, and but in, and remember Fenton after I went out there and wrote a column. It's on trade deadline day. He said, "You notice we got a lot younger. We have to get this. We are one of the oldest teams. Now we're going to yep. be one of the youngest. We have to be a lot younger." Well, to me, when you're saying we want to turn over the roster and get a lot younger, that just that's another way of saying rebuild to me. You yep. know, Look at the number of young guys they're going to have on this roster. Yep. It, it, and it's it's kind of a weird roster because it's you do have a. A group of Koivu, Preezy, Suter, uh, Stahl. Yep. I mean, you have a group of, you know, guys on their last uh, couple of those. Really, you don't have any more years they have left. And then a bunch of young guys. So, it's a weird roster. And I just don't – I don't know. I don't know where this goes or how they get markedly better. They also have
1: a problem, too, is if, if you watch these playoffs, which have been a lot of fun, I think, they look at the teams like the abs.
0: Colorado, how fast they
1: look. How fast they are, and they've got an absolute superstar. Nathan mm-hmm. McKinnon is without a doubt a superstar. The wild doesn't have anybody even how do you
0: get that guy though without if you're right. not drafted, no, the top five?
1: You don't. You know? No, but this is this is like to your term what you just used the word stock. Yeah. This is stock.
0: Yeah, and it um you don't... I remember writing a column that's just, like they're good enough that they're not gonna be in that conversation where you get like a top three pick. Yep. But they're it's hard to really make that next leap without one of those guys.
1: And that guy is ordinarily a center, which they don't have. Yeah. I mean, if you look at their their center depth chart, Chip, you know, it's Koivu, okay, he can win face but ideally on a really good team, he's probably a third-line guy now at that mm-hmm. age. They signed Eric Stahl to an extension, God bless him, 42 forty two goals a couple <laughs> of years ago. He's forty yeah, 42 <laughs> years. Um, he's my age. But, you know, that team just doesn't, I don't know how no. you get that guy. And in it,
0: if they trade Zucker, the which I think, they're, which I think th- they're going to do, what do you get back for him?
1: I don't know. They, the fact that they almost made a trade with Calgary that underwhelmed us all, and it basically didn't go through because the paperwork didn't get done mm-hmm. speaks volumes about how much. I think Fenton's biggest thing was to trade what, what he considered to be that uh, group that the Twins had at one time called the Fun Bunch. Yeah. I think he was tr- desperately trying to move all of those guys out, which I don't have a problem with, No. But then, but then the problem is this. The Nino trade's awful.
0: Yeah, that's bad.
1: Victor Ass can't skate. He can't yeah. play. I actually, you know what? Coyle's been successful, and good for him with Boston.
0: Donato, to me, is good, that, that and that's a fourth-round yeah. pick. I'm fine with that I trade. I mean, the thing is, is like, at, at what point have you seen enough where you're like, I just don't know that Like with Charlie Coyle, you're going to win a championship. Is he... He sort of is what he is. Might as well try something else. And and the infrastructure it may not work, but you might right. as well just try something else. And the
1: infrastructure in Boston is what the Wild would love to have. Yeah. It doesn't come close to have, their, their players are better, and I think they also have um, a much better chemistry. So that's a problem.
0: Yeah, and and it wouldn't. On top of that, as much as I I like Boudreau, I w- I wrote a column. I was like. He should not be the fall guy for this, and I'm glad they kept him for a year, but you wonder long term. Oh, I'm not gonna be starting over with a new coach next year.
1: It doesn't help at at the season ending GM press <laughs> conference when he has to announce and tell the coach at that time, yeah, you're not fired. What are you yeah. talking about?
0: Yeah. I didn't tell you yet, but I'm telling you now. That's no. not good. Yeah. Here's So my, that's my rankings.
1: That's very that's fair. I'm surprised you you've got the Vikings first, but it does make sense. And the thing is if you look at Zimmer's history too it's been up and down. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could be right. They could win. Now, I don't think they're going to. So I, I think I'm on the record for eight or nine wins. I think I, think nine I said wins. nine. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, the one thing that I was going to circle back with you on the Vikings, and it's not been reported, and I would love to see it. Because to me, it's, a, it's an X factor of where they're now uh, trying to allocate their resources. How much Gary Kubiak is being I paid? Yeah. I think Gary Kubiak broke the bank there. Probably. And because he's the one, because the one thing that when we covered the team, they always used to say internally was a competitive advantage that we can get is there's no salary cap on coaching, right?
0: Yeah. And, I, yeah, and it's, you can have as many coaches as you want. Well, it was interesting around the draft time. Um, obviously, they took the, you know, they had to the run on the offensive players, and the conversation was the way they wanted to run the ball and Rick Dennison's. And, yeah. then, and then I think it was Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Mark Craig from my paper talked to him after they they took R. Smith and he's, and and Cal said uh, something that he was excited because you know when you look at Gary Kubiak's offense and the two tight ends it's like, this is I thought uh, Kevin Stefanski was in court. <laughs> you know but it's just the assumption oh, yeah. is this is Gary Kubiak's offense and well and that's a safe uh, you know yeah, come on it, it, I I I don't even go down that path but it 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 it, it how,
1: like long, Kevin, how long how but...
0: long before we start calling Gary Kubiak the offense coordinator.
1: Well, it's it's semantics, right? Yeah, like it's OC is now sort of the assistant and Kubiak – Well, I I continue to say Gary Kubiak is the head coach of offense, and Mike is the head coach of defense. And the guy who gets to give the speech on Saturday night is Mike. Yeah, but
0: that's basically it. Yeah, and, and I, I mean it's it, you, it, it, it's not hard sports. I wonder how not long do he, does he take out. over play calling at some point? Oh, I think he's going to first defense. I think because he, he said he's going to be up in the box for the what do you call it the. Uh, his eyes up in a press box. Yeah, <laughs> going to be down. Here, here's what it's going to be.
1: I think Kubiak is going to essentially be calling plays down to Kevin. Kevin, and But Kevin is going to be... How, how can I describe this? Kevin is going to be Cousins' handler. Okay, So he's basically the quarterback's coach, essentially. Yeah. And I think he is going to get the plays from upstairs. Those guys upstairs are going to be doing all the work. Yeah. And Kevin's going to be the soldier Managing for the it. the sidelines. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, this is... Gary is going but more more than Kevin, I think what this does is it removes Mike from anything to do. For and, sure, and
0: yeah. Well, it, the kicking coach,
1: the personal kicking coach is going to take Mike out of that. Mike, at the end of the day, Mike's going to give the speech on Saturday, be told to throw a challenge flag on Sundays, and call the defenses.
0: Yeah, and this is, it'll go back to what the situation they had two years ago, where Mike can just coach the defense. Yes. He has guys he trusts to coach the offense. He's not, well, maybe we will admit a little bit because he's, that's what coaches do. But I, I don't think he will be as, uh, you know, involved as he was last year because he didn't trust the, you know, the OC that they hired. I think he's hoping not to be involved, don't you? Correct. Yeah. I it, don't think he wants to be involved. No, and he trusts Gary Kubiak, right? Yes. And so, um, yeah, I, I think this is, he has the setup that he wants right now. Yes. And you can see how happy he is. Like, throughout, I mean, he talked about it. A lot that his ego doesn't. He does, I don't think he wants to be involved mm. in the
1: offensive stuff. I think he, I think he probably needs to sort of know what they're doing. He wants to have his philosophy
0: understood, and yes. I think he
1: has that with Kubiak. And the way but the most, but the most important thing in this equation now to me, Chip Scoggins, is that the philosophy of Kirk Cousins is understood. That's the most important thing.
0: You can't In terms of like what Cousins wants, does well or what yes. he wants to do? What yeah. he wants to do and what he does well, well. If you which, run the ball, which are yeah. one in the same. Yeah, and if you run the ball, you can do play action, and it takes the pressure off him, and maybe the line's better. So I think, yeah, I think getting Kubiak in here was as much for Cousins as anything. right? Because their jobs are dependent on Kirk Cousins succeeding. Correct. Yes, I mean, they make a big gamble and, on that. And, and
1: Mike and Kyle Shanahan's offensive philosophy is what Kirk— Correct. Can do well. Yeah. And the statistics for 2018, no matter how good they might have been at times, are misleading because anyone who watched every
0: game knows that. Yeah. I mean, especially down the stretch. Early on, you thought, wow, this is pretty good. You watched the play against Packers, Rams, you're like, wow, this is... Well, he did it, make the but- throws. The, the Packers game
1: was incredibly yeah. impressive. And then it just deteriorated. But, so. it, yes, and and the, prob- the problem that we didn't, again, much like with Tibbs, what we didn't think about was... John DeFilippo only had one previous stint, I believe, as an OC. Mm-hmm. That was in Cleveland. And we said, well, Pat Schirmer had the head coaching job in Cleveland, and that worked out. But what we didn't think about was, I don't think Mike works real. Like, Mike has no tolerance for, uh, for you screwing things up. And in, I think in Mike's mind, John did screw
0: things yeah, up. His mind, yeah. And then Kirk didn't know what to do, and Kirk's not good enough to write that wrong, and so mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose. So now I think... In Zimmer's mind, he has exactly what he wants. Yes, that's. But seriously, the kicking coach—I kid you not—I think is
1: also something <laughs> he desperately wants because yeah. he doesn't understand kickers. No, My, Mike is at an age where if you don't get it, it's too late. Like yeah. you're not going, well, you're he, not going to adapt to it. Anymore. He went for two points
0: after one missed kick in the preseason.
1: I know <laughs> he freaked the kid it. out. <laughs> yeah. And and by the way, though, it's
0: on Rick for drafting the kid because yeah. giving giving Mike a rookie kicker yeah. is a. With, is incredibly dumb with a team that's has Super Bowl esp- expectations. Yeah, it was not a good oh. situation. All right, Chip Scoggins. Episode yes, one is done. I believe
1: that we have a name now. Is that I, her I, name? I believe that that is, is it. Yes, I like it. yes, it's a very good name. In fact, if I could recall it right now, <laughs> we don't even. Know. I would, I so would say it. But hold on a second. We still got, we still got time left here. We still got time left. Conduits of trouble. Conduits this of ha- trouble. This I like has it. been the. This has been the first podcast. I Hopefully, at some point in time, it also makes its way onto AM 1500 as well. But um, this will be fun. Talk to you later, Chipper. All right, brother.